welcome to Following Jesus with Christ Church, observations and stories about following Jesus from our little perspective here in Grand Rapids at Christ Church. I'm Addison Hawkins. Oh, and there's no Andrew here this time, but we got a full room Zoom call with Cassandra Wolf and Jacob Thielman, Shinji Asugi, three members of Christ Church who uh, were leading us through an adult institute class or what we call uh, adult institute, which is just a Sunday school time um, through a theology of disability. And Jacob had started us, he led us out with a class and, and we wanted to, to really bring this back up because we thought there are some really important questions and conversations that need to be had during this time of COVID-19. And so while we'll hear from all three of them at different upper, uh, opportunities, different things that they're gonna talk about in regards to the theology of disability, what it is, how we apply that to our lives and maybe how we think about those around us that this applies to, um, I actually just want to give them a moment to say hi and to introduce themselves. So, hey guys. Hey. Hey. Why don't you hi. go ahead and go around and introduce yourselves. Start with you, Cassandra. Hi, um, I'm Cassandra Wolf. I have been attending Christ Church for about the last four and a half years um, with my husband, David. We got married there, so we have a lot of great memories and feel very connected with our family at Christ Church and miss a lot of you during this time. Yeah. Um, the reason I guess that I got really involved in the theology of disability is um, I personally, I have cerebral palsy and I am legally blind. And so I wondered what that, what does that mean for me as a person who lives with very significant physical challenges um, to think about my faith. Um, and I also work um, as a social worker. I work for the state of Michigan, helping people with disabilities to find employment. So kind of both my personal and professional life have led me very much to think um, and to think about and advocate for people with disabilities in all spheres of life, including how we think about that in our faith. Yeah, that's great. Well, we're really glad that you're here. I think you have a lot to bring to the table in this conversation. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, hi, I'm Jacob Thielman. <laughs> uh, I'm a theology student at Calvin Theological Seminary and uh, I got interested in the theology of disability for a couple of reasons. Uh, one of them is that I married Aaron, uh, whose uh, sister is disabled. She has, uh, she's lived almost her entire life from a wheelchair. She's now in her thirties. And um, just comparing her life and its great value with my sort of achievement orientation really, really did a number on me, really changed my thinking on things. And uh, so I kind of reoriented my theological focus to kind of focus on the doctrine of humanity and ask, what does this mean? How does this work? How does the purpose of our lives from God's perspective uh, change my thinking about my own life and uh, kind of bring it into line with what was obviously true in Catherine, made in the image of God, infinitely valuable. And so, um, yeah, that, that's uh, how I approach the topic. Uh, we've been at Christ Church for seven, almost seven years now. Uh, all three of our daughters were baptized there. And Johnny, our little new son, was about to be baptized there. He was on the schedule. And then this whole thing hit. So we're going to have to wait on that one. Hi, everyone. Uh, my name's Shinji Yasugi. And I've been attending Christ Church for just over three years with my wife. And we have four kids. And I'm a physician by training. And um, so I trained in psychiatry and child and adolescent psychiatry. Um, right now I work as a psychiatrist at the Pine Rest 
uh, Christian mental health services on the inpatient unit where I see kids and adolescents there. And in my training and just in my life, I've been thinking a lot through mental illness in the context of faith and of uh, in the context of church. And I've been interested in uh, the partnership between church and mental health services. And so, um, yeah, I've been approaching this topic uh, while I was preparing my presentation, you know, uh, from more of a practical standpoint, uh, looking at those kind of issues. Yeah, no, that's great. And so as you can hear, you know, all of us here, myself as a pastor, a lot of what Jacob said and really what everyone said here, just really caring for the dignity of people, seeing the image of God in everybody, not just the people that are limited to my little spheres or people that look or sound or walk or talk like I do, but uh, everyone. And so I'm, I'm deeply interested in how this theology of disability is carried out in our lives. I love the idea of the theology, but I also love when theology becomes practice and we're, we're really applying those things. And so all four of us, you know, to one degree or another are connected to, to this in some intimate ways and in personal ways. And hopefully that comes through and, and it really comes out in the way we think about and talk about this. And so for this episode, we're, it's going to be conversational. It'll be a lot like our, our pastor's roundtable in one sense in which I'll, I'll facilitate conversation and, and just kind of call on some people to ask some questions. We've talked a little bit about this. They've had notes on this um, for some time. I mean, they were preparing to do um, a class on this very topic. And so while this episode is not going to replace that class, we are intending when we resume worship and have our adult institute come back to continue this class on, we wanted to distill those thoughts down and really filter it through this COVID-19 time and say, well, how can we think about this and talk about it right now? Because it does seem important. So let's just start. Jacob, you started the class, the Adult Institute class. So it makes sense just to start with you, mainly for the reason, give us a quick description, definition, you know, what a theology of disability is and why it's important to talk about. Sure. Yeah. So uh, that's kind of my role in all this is to introduce the topic. <laughs> and uh, there are, there's more than one theology of disability. There are lots of schools of thought. Um, there's a Catholic version. There's a Reformed version. There's a Liberationist version. There's an Anabaptist take on all this. Um, I obviously kind of tend towards the Reformed one. Uh, but the, uh, I kind of like to boil it down to a simple idea, which is the theology of disability is a theology that listens to people who have disabilities. Um, it's a way of informing ourselves about how one reads scripture from perspectives other than the ones we have and were born with or came into through some other contingent circumstance. Because we all are given a perspective like that and none of our perspectives are adequate to read scripture as the whole body of Christ. Yeah, that's really good. Is there anything that either you, Shinji, or Cassandra want to add to that? I mean, if not, it's it's not a big deal, but yeah, good. Cassandra, why don't we just go ahead and why is this relevant for today? That's what we were talking about when we were introducing this podcast. Instead of waiting to have this class when we come back to Christ Church and worship together, it was important to talk about it now. Why is it important now? I think there are, are many ways that it's important today. Um, one of the things that comes to mind immediately is that, you know, just as this whole thing was starting and as we were thinking about 
creative ways to get connected to technology and being able to work from home and kind of everyone was reorienting their lives and everything had to be made accommodated because of this pandemic. It made me realize how much the people that I've been working with who have disabilities had always wanted work from home options or maybe always wanted options um, because of physical limitations or um, sensory concerns where they couldn't be with people but could still do the work and they wanted to be able to work from home and how generally society has always said, well, that's, that's a very specific um, job type. You're gonna be very lucky if you could even get that. And so then suddenly to have the tide turn where the whole of society is having to really reorient how we do work. Um, I'm hopeful that we'll in the future say to people with disabilities, yes, we want you to be able to work if you want to in whatever capacity that means and yes, we can definitely um, think about work from home options as being viable and productive because we've done it as a society. And so I think it kind of gives us just from very a very strict vocational and employment standpoint to kind of open that up to say, yes, all these things that we said were not possible to people with disabilities because they were a marginalized small population, we are now saying are possible because we collectively have all had to go through it and had our lives as we know them kind of disrupted um, by this health scare, which is not the same as living a life with a disability. COVID-19 and disabilities are not the same thing. One is an illness and disability is a whole umbrella, right? Yes. But I think it can help us kind of rethink those, the, the status quo of how we do things as a society. Yeah, I think that that's a really important point. Like, and I, you know, I want to kind of double back on what Jacob was talking about, the theology of disability. And th this, in some sense, is like applying that theology. This is why it's important that we get our theology right. Because when we don't, things like what you were talking about, Cassandra, the fact that those who had disabilities before were always advocating for work-at-home options, but were told that they couldn't for various reasons, right? You know, we're not here mm -hmm. to point the finger at anybody. That's not right. our, our role or job. But that's a, that's a true statement that you've seen from your experience working with that. That, that happens when we get our theology wrong. And so as Christians, when we think about how, how do we live out and apply a theology of disability, it's a great, this is a, a time where it's being um, a great equalizer and it's helping us see that. Hopefully it's a way that we can recognize the great um, uh, disadvantages that have existed for those that have had physical or, or cognitive disabilities of one form or another. And Jacob, what are, maybe just to ask you off the top of your head, what are some other things that are important in getting our theology right? Whether it's a theology of disability or just theology in general, um, what are some other things that, that why that matters? Uh, man, there's a lot of reasons it matters. Um, uh, probably the central one from my perspective is that uh, disability is so prevalent and central in scripture. Um, there are so many encounters with people with disabilities and not all of them in the same way. Um, and if you have never had or cared for somebody with a disability, which would put you in the great minority in the first mm -hmm. century, that was much more prevalent then. Thanks, uh, and now thanks to modern medicine, we have the luxury of ignoring it. <laughs> but um, 
you know, if you don't have that perspective, you're not going to hear things that God is saying to us in scripture. I think that's very key. Um, another thing that I think is important is that the gospel is about ability. Um, I think that there's more than just an analogy here. Um, you know, human limitation uh, is central to um, the way we receive the gift of God, the grace of God. Um, and uh, that's not, certainly not to equate a lack of ability with sin, not at all. Uh, but on the other hand, our inability to do what we need to do in God's kingdom is something that the gospel is all about. And so I think the theology of disability is pretty central to that as well. Um, yeah, thinking on, on what uh, Cassandra was saying, I, you know, there are some sort of COVID-19 specific things we could talk about too. Uh, just, you know, it's, it's, so when I think of Catherine and I think of, uh, you know, people saying, oh no, you know, I'm homebound. <laughs> I can't go out anywhere. Yeah. I, I, all my processes have become extremely inconvenient. Uh, you know, yeah. I think, gee, <laughs> you know, not to minimize your suffering or anything, but, uh, right. you know, for some people, there is no return to normal from this. This is normal. Mm. Here we are at normal. Uh, the least we could possibly do is let that increase our empathy. But perhaps there's more we could do mm. than that as people who are part of the body of Christ and suddenly put into the shoes of another part of the body of Christ. Yeah, that's, know, a real, uh, that's a Cassandra fantastic point. Might have yeah. more to say about that. Yeah, you know, Shinji, we'll just kind of piggyback off of that. You know, you when we were talking about kind of going back and forth via email and even conversation before this, you, you know, you had you had mentioned this this idea, you know, how can we be especially sensitive and loving to people in the community who have mental and physical disabilities? You know, what are some things that you've been processing and working through? And obviously, none of us here would claim to have all the right answers or like don't, you know, we're not trying to say that this is it, but what are some of the things you've been processing through? Yeah, so I think both Cassandra and Jacob have hit on some of, you know, my thought processes, but I think with mental illness, a lot of people describe a sense of isolation and otherness, you know, and their stigma. And um, so just the sense that you're disconnected from society. And so as I was thinking about as a community, how do we, um, at this time, I mean, we're trying to help, um, you know, people right in front of us a, a lot of times, you know, with um, all the social distancing and what that entails for daily life. But when we're thinking about those who are really, really struggling with significant mental health struggles, and um, I, I do think that reaching out to them is, um, a relational one, right? So it's, we talk a lot about offering our presence and, um, you know, and I think in this sense, in the today's world um, of COVID-19, I think um, it's really struggling with them and it's acknowledging that this is just a difficult time for everybody. Um, and while we're walking alongside, right, people who are really struggling that way, um, you know, that there are other times when we laugh together, you know, and that we share joy and we're grateful, the gratitude. Um, and um, I was thinking about prayer, right? And so we would pray with, we pray with people or when people who are really struggling just can't muster up anything, you know, and they can't pray, you intercede. And you think about some of the practical aspects and 
Um, you know, and I was thinking about just scheduling regular phone calls, making sure that you're intentional, um, you know, that you're reaching into their lives. Yeah, those are really good things. I mean, I, I love one of the things I love the most about my job is taking like what we've been talking about theology, doctrine, reading scripture, and, and really applying it to how we live today. And that's a lot of what you were just saying is how, how can we love our neighbors, you know, in that broadly speaking, we have a lot of neighbors and they have a lot of needs. And this is a very specific need. So by no means are we saying that we need to necessarily elevate everything. But the point of this conversation is to highlight an area in which there have always been needs. And those are going to become more acute now. You know, Cassandra, you had mentioned something that you were reading uh, just the other day or, or recently. I'd love for you to share that with people. Yeah, I've been reading a few articles. Um, the one that was most, I think, stark in the headline, I think, was from ABC News. And it talked about how the other front line that we're not hearing about is families of children with special needs and how these families have been um, relying on systems of various kinds to kind of help them with their, with their kids who have either autism or sensory disorders or intellectual disabilities or anything severe enough in a way that they would require those supports and that routine and how now that routine is gone um, there is a whole new level of of navigating how to best provide that normalcy to their their children who may not have the um, capacity to speak about their fears or to kind of verbalize anxieties but clearly still feel it so i think um, just to be aware of those families around us who who may be in that situation who are on that front line and reaching out to them and asking how we can pray for them or support them in this time. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Well, what's one thing, you know, that any of you hope that our listeners take away? I mean, this is a, a pretty quick conversation, right? All things considered, you know, this is really distilled down from approximately what we would have 120 minutes of talk about this at an adult institute time between three classes. And here we are around 20 minutes talking about this. I mean, it is certainly quick, but what's something that you hope maybe one lasting thought that each one of you has a chance to say that you hope a listener takes away from this discussion? Well, I would say, um, you know, I talked about offering our presence but I also think that, um, especially in these times, you know, walking along someone who has a significant, you know, struggles with mental illness can be really difficult. And so, you know, I would encourage all of us to make sure that we're in community, that we are, you know, trying to feed ourselves and our souls, right? Mm -hmm. And um, offering that back to other people, um, because I think that's going to get us through, right? And, and then also... Um, and I think, uh, you know, this next point has been, I, I've read a lot about uh, mental health, you know, professionals talking uh, at these times about what's important for our own health. And I think it's getting back to the basics too. So things like, um, you know, limiting exposure to the media or, you know, sleeping, eating, exercising. And I think it's really important to think about self-care. And I've heard of someone talk about this as it's not, you know, you can talk about it in terms of selfish ways, but really it's so that we can serve others. And it's really mm. a, a responsibility that we try to do that as much as possible. Um, and I think um, that 
you know, we're not alone if we are faced with somebody struggling significantly. You know, there are mental health services that can help with acute issues. I know at Pine Rest, there's an urgent care that people can walk into, right? Um, and they're offering now telehealth for um, outpatient care. So uh, I just want people to be aware that there, there definitely is help out there um, for these big struggles. Yeah, that's really good. We're actually going to link to some of those things on our show notes. So if people are really looking for those things or know someone who could really use that, you can find a link in our description that helps you find that stuff. Any other last thoughts, Jacob, Cassandra? Sure. Um, you know, I, I just want to encourage everybody that, um, you know, we find ourselves in a place of much greater limitation than we normally do. And we've kind of been talking about that. Uh, but one of the reasons um, I love Catherine so much <laughs> and she's sort of spoken to me so much is that she has just such a huge faith and her family has such mm. a huge faith. And um, Aaron picked out a verse for us to be memorizing as a family. Uh, it's Romans fifteen thirteen, And I just thought it was such a wonderful blessing for this time. It says, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. Mm. I think there is so much hope and so much joy and so much peace to be found in believing. And it's a belief that's, that God fills us with. I think that's universally true. I think it's uh, particularly stark in a time like this. And I think it's particularly stark among people who have these challenges day in and day out. Uh, you know, as, as Pastor Andrew said, let's not waste our COVID. <laughs> yeah, that's good. I really appreciate you three and just the thoughts that you've brought to this table, just this discussion. Hopefully it's helpful. It's been helpful for me. I mean, again, I confess this before we even started recording. This is just helping stretch my uh, you know, who's in my circle? Who am I thinking about? Who am I praying for? Who am I serving? You know, I, I feel like I'm getting well rested and well fed. Like you said, Shinji, I went on a run today. I I'm feeling like I'm getting some of those things. So how can I serve those that are nearby me? And this is helping stretch me in that way and, and reminding me uh, of folks that are outside of my normal circles. And I'm just thankful for that. And I'm thankful for the way that you guys have brought this conversation to us. I'm looking forward to more in-depth, uh, you know, hearing more of the details from you guys once we get back to church. So <laughs> you can definitely look forward to that. Thanks for listening to this episode. If you want more from Christ Church, you can find us at our website, ChristChurchGR.org. That's ChristChurchGR.org. And while you're there, check out the Staying Connected During COVID-19. You can find other resources, you can find our latest podcasts, a home worship guide, and other great things to stay connected during this time. You can find this podcast at any of your regular podcasting outlets, whether that's through Apple iTunes or through the Google Play Store. We're so glad you checked in. We hope to see you next time.